Well, hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of Stone Chiseler Sunday. Today is chapter five. This chapter gives us a little bit more background on the artist who finds himself back in Florence where he did his early apprenticeship and is so taken and moved by the young stone chiseler that he's come across. So I hope you enjoy this and I hope you enjoy every chapter of the stone chiseler. And I want to remind you, as I've said before, this book was inspired by Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. And one of my favorite quotes ever from Viktor Frankl is this, everything can be taken from a man, but one thing, the last of the human freedoms to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. As you listen to this book, or if you happen to read it, be mindful that no matter what our circumstances, no matter what our struggles, we still have the freedom to choose for ourselves the attitude which we will possess in that moment. And we get to decide whether or not we will find purpose in that moment, no matter how dire, no matter how hellish, no matter how bad. We have the choice to decide whether we will turn this instance into something of purpose or just pure pain, needless pain. Okay? And with that, here is Chapter 5 of The Stone Chiseler. Thank you so much for listening. Chapter 5 the artist and the muse take a trip. It had been four days since the artist lost the commission he'd had hoped he'd been working on the following year. The old man was still stinging from the loss. Though he certainly needed the money, it was his pride that hurt the most. He had several projects in the works, but his sponsors were frustrated, an all-too-familiar predicament for him. The man was much better at starting a project than finishing. It was his hope to be commissioned to paint a grand and triumphant mural above the arch that spanned the city gate. Alas, it was not meant to be. Upon arriving at the gate to take measurement one day, he found a shabbily dressed young man in front of a gorgeous slab of bright white marble. The young man looked hypnotic as he struck his chisel upon the great rock. The old man stood and watched, somewhat confused and mesmerized all at once. He had dissected several human cadavers himself to study the inner workings of the body. It appeared the young man went about his work with the chisel in the same manner as he manipulated his delicate blade. The old man watched with great admiration. The young man stepped back to survey his work. The old man approached him. Excuse me, young man. What do you call yourself? The sculptor went back to work as if the old man had not spoken. He worked as if he were standing on a blackened stage with the light of the sun upon him, but the rest of the world tuned out. His face was as hard as the stone he chiseled. He showed no signs of fatigue. Ahem, excuse me, young man. I don't mean to be a bother. You see, I was to begin work here, or rather I had hoped to. The man said, looking away with a look of perplexity, if not embarrassment. I'm hoping to receive word from the court curator today as to whether I have been awarded the commission or not. You see, I was to paint a mural directly above where you are banging away at your lovely stone. Still, the young man never stopped working, nor gave any indication he was aware of the other man's presence. Young man, what do you call yourself? Someone aggravated as if the old man had insulted him, 
The young man turned and exclaimed at once, Why, sir, can you not see for yourself that I am a sculptor? The old man raised his eyebrows and slowly nodded his head in agreement. So you are, indeed. The young man went about his work, chiseling at a slightly higher pace. He breathed heavily through his nose with his smile turned downward, as if pulled by invisible strings attached to the ground. Slight twitches appeared above his jawline, and his eyes almost crossed as they looked intently upon his chisel. The old man walked away and turned as he gave the sculptor one last look. He breathed a sigh and headed back to his home. As he made his way back to his shop, he told his assistant he would be away for some time. He would be heading to Florence to make good on a standing offer for a commission with one of the wealthy merchant families. Will you be taking her? the assistant asked, pointing toward an unfinished painting in the corner. It was a beautiful maiden, not yet complete. She was simply known around the studio as Madame Muse. The master had never given any indication of her true origin. Did she really exist at all, or was she the manifestation of a vision from the heavens? Try as he may, the assistant could never get his master to reveal her identity. Oh, my love, the old man said. I cannot travel without my love. She is beautiful, isn't she? The assistant didn't answer, but only smiled. Mm, she is far from finished, and I'm not sure she ever will be. The assistant tilted his head and asked his master, Sir, why do you leave her unborn? She is the one love of my life. With each stroke of my brush, she seems to gain another day of youth. Oh, I suppose I'll take her and finally let her reach that stage that befalls us all, adulthood. However, I hate to punish her. The only thing that follows adulthood is old age. As our minds reach their zenith, the rest of our bodies begin to fade. It's a cruel thing the universe has designed. I have staved off old age myself for as long as I can. I know full well there aren't enough strokes in the heavens to bring back my youth. It is cruel, indeed. The assistant rolled his eyes, grinning slightly. Having been with the old man for a number of years, he was well aware of his master's penchant for youth, beauty, and vanity. Will you ever tell me who she is, master? Will I tell you? I'm not so sure I know. Sometimes I think she might be a vision my hold of myself, albeit a much more enchanting version. Maybe she's all I would like to be, but never will. I think she's maybe the goddess of perpetual youth. That's why I can't seem to finish her. She is an extension of life in me. I fear that calling her complete is to call my life the same. Master, finishing a great work doesn't mean the end of a thing, but the beginning of something new. I have a belief she will be your greatest masterpiece. She will be the one work that allows you to live forever. The assistant lifted his nose and eyebrows, tilted his head back, and waved his arms, exclaiming in the most dramatic fashion, You will live through her! Oh, I see. My assistant has become a philosopher. That's a very high-minded view, my young apprentice. I will gladly accept it. I regret that I must put my engineering plans aside to pick up the brush once more. It should at least be somewhat enjoyable. The family in question is powerful 
beautiful, and, most importantly, wealthy. They will be a most gracious sponsor. He continued. I have become so bored with the brush, it is almost as if I'm picking up the wrong end of a poker from the fire. However, it does keep me fed, so I suppose I shall not grumble. Oh, my father has arranged work for me. I really should be grateful to him for sharing his friends, even if he won't share his last name. The master made his way to his desk ledger. The young man scuttled away, afraid the old man might say something he didn't want to hear. Picking up his ledger of expenditures, the old man noticed that the column labeled out stretched to the bottom of the page, while the column marked in stopped about midway. It was a race to the bottom of the page, with the wrong runner winning at a furious pace. So he packed up his things, including the maiden. He tucked them into a small wagon attached to a stallion and set out. The face of the young sculptor was burned into his mind. On the one hand, he was relieved not to have to begin another commission of painting that would only bore him and detain him from his experiments in canal construction. Furthermore, it was a reason to leave Milan for a while. He had grown restless of late, and this, he thought, was an answer from the gods. He had been wanting to return to Florence for some time. He knew it was where art and commerce were expanding by the day. His belongings were packed for an extended stay. He did not know how long he would be away. As he turned to look over the contents of his wagon, he saw only that part of the painting of the maiden that was near completion, her eyes. There was something in her eyes that smiled and gave him an assurance he was making the right choice. It was as if she was his passenger telling him, Okay, let us be on our way. Your greatest work lies ahead.